where did that spot, that blemish come from? I do admit on occasion that I exclaim when the mirror shows me something that I didn't expect to be there. You know how it is. I'm, I'm 43. I'm right in that place of transition where things start showing up a little differently than they have before. And you have to ask yourself, how, how, where, what? But you know, and you've heard me say this before, that I, I earned every one of these fine lines, every one of these wrinkles, every one of these gray hairs. I, I've earned them, and I love them because it's part of how God made me. I'm thankful that he allowed me to get to this age that just starts randomly showing up on our faces. So when, when the Lord began to deal with me about this message, mirror, mirror, I started thinking, that's a pretty vain topic. Where is this going, Lord? And he took me to James chapter 1. If you would turn in your Bibles to James chapter 1. Historians tell us that James was the first epistle to be written chronologically. This was the first epistle that was written to the churches by, obviously, James servant of God is how he describes himself in the first introduction. And he's writing to the 12 tribes or, the, or to Israel scattered abroad and he's greeting them. And in verse 19, he encourages them. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of God, or I'm sorry, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And then he begins to instruct them about how to live their lives among this filthy world, wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, He is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. If if we're hearers and not doers of the world of the word, it's like we look in a mirror and walk away completely forgetting the state we find ourselves in in that mirror. I love when scripture uses analogies to to help us better understand what's being said. So James encourages believers to put sin aside, to receive the word as engrafted. David said that it would be written on our hearts, that the word of God, the commands of God, the law of God will be written inside of us, that we receive the engrafted word, and that we become doers of that word. That upon hearing and receiving the word as written in our hearts, that's not where it stops. That it becomes this outgrowth of who we're becoming and starts to impact what we're doing. Who you are is not necessarily the same thing as what you do, but what you do will reflect who you are. And so if I'm receiving this engrafted word and it's growing 
out of me. It will manifest in my actions and my words and my attitudes. So we become doers of the word. Until the word is applied and lived out in real life, we can be hearers of the word all day long, but until it is applied to us, until we respond in faithful obedience and in obedient faith, James said we're just lying to ourselves. Hearing the word does not make me a believer. Responding to the word and living out the truth is the expression of faith in our lives. Becoming a doer of the word. And so James gives us this illustration of a man who hears the word of God but doesn't apply it. Being like someone who looks in a mirror and completely walks away from it forgetting what he looked like. Forgetting the state that he found himself in. And for, uh, for the purpose of this sermon, I'm going to consider the full word of God the mirror. This is the mirror. And as we look into the mirror of the word, we recognize ourselves in its pages. We see that without God, we see our, our true self, Pastor, that I am a sinner. That I can do no good without God. But with God, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I, I look in the mirror and I see that I can, when left to my own devices, mess my life up pretty good and pretty quickly. When I look in the mirror of his word, I see my need for a redeemer. Someone to pay the price for what I've been carrying around in sin and in struggle. When I look in the mirror of the word, I see clearly who I am, the state that I'm in, and what I need. But then, if I walk away, and, I, and I've been in this a long time, but still today, if I hear the word and it confronts me and it challenges me and I walk away and don't apply it, I'm just deceiving myself about who I really am. The word is meant to change us. And so James continues in verse 25. Whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, who, who lives in this perfect law of liberty, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed as he does in his deed, as he continues doing, as he lives in the doing of the word, this man shall be blessed. Now that man is all-inclusive, men and women, who look, in the perfect, who, who look into, who regard the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, 
This is the person that's going to be blessed in what they do. This person takes time to really look into the mirror. To really see what's reflected there. Not just a momentary visit. Not just on a Sunday morning. But this person takes time to look in the mirror, to behold the word, to see what this book really has to say, Brother Marty, about the little foxes in my life. Mirror, mirror, what do you have to say to me today? What are you going to tell me about myself today? Show me the true image of who I am. Mirror, mirror, I see that my life's a little windblown. You know, the word says that we can be blown about by every wind of doctrine. When you don't solidly know what this book says, you will be windblown by every wind of doctrine. And so I look in the mirror Tell me, mirror, what I need to do to anchor myself in truth. Mirror, mirror, am I, <laughs> am I carrying a little extra baggage that maybe I shouldn't have in my life? These are questions we don't like to ask in the physical. When we look in a mirror, am I, am I gaining weight? In the spiritual, are you gaining weight? Are you, are you carrying things that you have no business carrying? Anxiety and worry and care? That the Lord commanded, take all those things and hurl them at him. Cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. When I look in the mirror, 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 what is it about me that needs to change? Did you know there are, there are people in the world who, and maybe in this room, who refuse to have a full-length mirror because they don't, they don't want to be reminded of their image. Maybe they have a little one like mine, and they look and, you know, okay, well, that passes for today. That's enough. But they don't want to see this because they consider themselves to be unworthy. They have a sense of self-loathing because they don't meet some beauty standard that they feel the world has. They think they're too, fit, too thin or too fat or too short or too tall or too lumpy, too pale, too dark, too curvy, too straight. And the list just goes on and on. And because they're so busy focusing on what they're not, they don't want to look in the mirror every day. This is a very sad mindset to have. And, and I honestly encourage you, if that's you, please get the counseling support that you need because we love you. We care about you. And it doesn't matter what this outside vessel looks like in terms of your value of yourself. 
I hope that you get the support that you need. And I say that honestly with all of my heart. You only get one body. And I hope you don't loathe it. It's the vessel God gave you. But as sad as it is in the physical sense that this is true, it's even sadder in the spiritual sense. People who simply don't want to look in the mirror. And they feel unworthy because they don't, they don't measure up. Well, that's the point. Looking in the mirror, in this case, can make us better. Can help us to change. When we look into the perfect law of liberty... It's freedom from the things that we don't like about ourselves. It's God wanting to give us freedom to live according to this mirror and let it show us a true reflection of who we are and who he wants us to be. James calls it the perfect law of liberty Paul, when he was writing to the church at Rome, calls it the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. In Romans 8, 1 and 2, he says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has what? Has made me free from the law of sin and death. In this mirror, there is liberty to get rid of all those blemishes that we see. For God to work on us, to craft us, to make us, to create himself in us. This is a life-changing mirror. And this is a law of liberty, of liberation, of deliverance, of freedom, of change. This is a law that can affect my life. I, I, I can look in this mirror all day long and it's not going to change what I look like in the physical. But when I look in this mirror... There is power to overcome. There is power to be victorious. There is power to change and submit to what God has shown me in the mirror that I ought to do and ought to be. By his power, by his liberation, by becoming a doer of the word. By living out this truth day by day by day. And in preparing for this sermon, I sat down with my little mirror. There are two sides here. I keep turning around because this, this one is highly magnified and that is not, not working from a distance. Okay. So I sat down with my mirror and I looked for an uncomfortably long time. I was just alone by myself, but it was still uncomfortable. I'm staring at myself. It's like being on Marco Polo and doing a video if you have that app. You're staring at yourself, talking. It's weird. But I stared at myself for a long time, and I 
I began to see some things. I had a dry patch right here. It was a little flaky. I had a blemish on the side of my nose. That's what adults call pimples, blemishes. I could see that I had more white hair coming in, especially right here. You know, this is a sign that the Lord answers prayer. Because when I was 16, I, I made the mistake of saying, God, if I have to go prematurely gray, I just like a streak right here. And the Lord answered that prayer. I'm pretty sure he was laughing when he did. So I saw that I had more gray. I've got this mole on my cheek. I don't know if you've seen that or ever noticed it, but I, I saw it when I looked in the mirror. My aunt used to call it a beauty mark. That sounds a lot better than mole. I have this smattering of freckles that go across my face, and I have an honest-to-goodness age spot right here. And I was looking in the mirror at these things, and I noticed I, I have these purple bags that come under my eyes when I'm super tired. You may not have ever noticed this, but I've seen this all my life, that my earlobes stick out just a little too much. These are things that when I look in the mirror, I see them. Every time I look in the mirror, I see them. And it's kind of normal to me now, but when you really sit down and look at it, well, there's some stuff in there that makes me an imperfect human being. It's funny how our attention so quickly goes to what we find fault in and what we find flaw in. The longer I looked in the mirror, the more I began to see some things that are valuable. See, the Lord gave me two eyes, and he gifted me with the ability to see. And yeah, my earlobes might stick out a little bit, but my ears can hear you. I might have signs of age on my face but it's because the Lord has let me live this long. And I might, I might have those bags under my eyes, but I like the color of my eyes. They were a gift from my mom on my birthday. She received them from her father. Same color. There are things that I, I like and appreciate when I look in the mirror. When I was preparing for this message, the Lord spoke to me and said that my, my people need to be encouraged. We've been greatly encouraged by some testimonies of healings in the house. And I want to add to that that you, you, you ought to be encouraged when you look in the mirror. I'm not who I used to be. And there are things about this mirror that it used to show me about myself that God has fixed. And God has healed. And God has changed about me. Now, I'm not perfect yet. I've still got a long way to go. But I can look in the mirror and see the work that God's been doing. And know that he's, he changes us from glory to glory. I can look in the mirror and see People who I identify with. People who, when I look at them, I see myself reflected. I can look at Peter's life and say, you know, Jesus had to give him a lot of instruction. 
he spent a lot of time crafting Peter, and Peter messed up big time, multiple times. But God used that same Peter to preach the first message talking about the doctrine of salvation at the birth of the church. God took that man who I see myself in his faults. Can I see myself in his wins? That God took this vessel and used him to do amazing things? To preach that first message in Acts chapter 2. To open the door for the Gentiles to join the church. God used him. Mary Magdalene, I can look at her and say, I identify with her. She lived a life of struggle and sin. She was weighed down. She was spiritually possessed. But God, when when Mary Magdalene looked in the mirror, she, she got to look at the mirror, the word, face to face. And God changed her and took a woman of a bad reputation and set her free spiritually. And when that happened, she became a faithful follower of Jesus. She became a true disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus. And when Jesus resurrected, she got to be there and see the empty tomb and be the one sent back to bear the word of the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus to the other disciples. I I can see myself in her past. Can I see myself in her redemption? When I look in this mirror, I look at Paul. Paul said he was, of all, of all sinners, the worst because he persecuted the church. Because he looked at what was true and good and real that God was doing in the earth and he didn't recognize it. He was anti-Christ, anti-Christian. And during that time, he imprisoned and in- inflicted violence and even killed or oversaw the killing of Christians. But when God changed him, Paul had to go completely blind in order to look in the mirror of the word of God. But this mirror changed him. And in his missionary journeys, many other lives were changed. Once God commissioned him to go and preach the gospel, major cities, entire cities, hundreds of thousands of people felt the impact of that one man's preaching. Pastor, in my past, I've been critical of the church. But do you know that God changes that for his glory? If I can see myself in Paul's past, can I see myself in his future? In the work that God has done through him. Lydia was a seller of purple. She was a businesswoman. Purple was a very expensive fabric and a very expensive dye of that time. And so as this businesswoman, she was also a believer in God. And so when, t- when prayer needed to be made, she showed up at the place of prayer in time to run into Paul and his missionary colleagues. She was just a businesswoman who was in the God place at the God time. And God took a businesswoman and she heard the truth and she was baptized in Jesus' name. 
And she became an anchor in that area for believers. Lydia housed the missionary group that Paul was traveling with. And this is the trip where Paul and Silas got imprisoned and beaten for, for, for preaching the gospel. And the Lord moved with an earthquake and set them free from the jail. Guess whose house they went to after that? They went back to Lydia's house. You might be a business person and think that's the limit of what you're going to do with your life. But I'm telling you, if you can see yourself in Lydia's state of being a business person, can you see yourself in the state of being in that gift of hospitality and in the support of the ministry? I don't just look to this book to be corrected, folks. I look to the mirror to be directed. To be inspired. To be moved into my future. Because if it can happen to them, if they can change from what they ought not to have been, or if they can change from the limited version of what they were like Lydia, then I can change. How? By looking in the mirror. There is no more appropriate time than right now to bury yourself in the Word of God. Because I don't want to be like somebody who looks in the mirror on Sunday and walks away and forgets what God had to bring me out of. But be doers of the Word and not hearers only. When you look in the mirror, I encourage you, don't just look for faults and frailties in places that you don't measure up. We've all got those. But this mirror is meant to help you align yourself to what God is wanting to do through you. Let's all stand. He has a purpose for you. And as you reflect on this mirror... I hope you see what he wants you to do and to be. To love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And to love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's the purpose and the mission for everybody in this room. It's God's commandment. Mirror, mirror. Mirror, mirror. Show me me today. What I am and what I'm not and what I'm going to be. Show me how to submit to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer of the word. Mirror, mirror, show me my potential. Show me my call. Show me my moment where everything changes. Mirror, mirror. Show me, yes, salvation. Show me, yes, deliverance. Yes, show me healing. Yes, show me provision. Yes, show me restoration. Show me mission. Show me ministry. Show me me as God has created me to be. When you look in the mirror, look deeply. 
Not just for a moment, not just on Sunday, not just on Wednesday. Mirror, mirror! Show me. Show me. I'm going to ask our ministry team to come, our pastoral staff, Sister Soraya. If our ministry team would come and just stand across the front. I really feel like there are some people here who have been looking in the mirror who recognize their need to be set free. This is the perfect law of liberty, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that makes us free. And so today is your day to look in the mirror. If what you see means that you need to be set free of sin, this altar is open for you today. This ministry team will pray with you, and God will forgive you if you will repent of your sins and turn away from them. God will forgive you. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins when we repent. He wants to fill you with His Spirit. The Spirit of God and the infilling of the Holy Ghost is for everybody in this room. There's nobody that's excluded. It is a gift and it's for whosoever will. And so in the mirror, I see that you can be filled with the Holy Ghost today. I see that you can be baptized in Jesus' name and have your sins washed away today. This mirror is true and real. It's the realest evaluation you're ever going to have. And God wants to save you today. If what you need is to be set free from habits and patterns of life that may not be sinful, but they're dragging you away from your walk with God, this is the place to come. It's time to look in the mirror and let the Word of God change us. Maybe what you really need is to be healed of that deep scar that's hanging on in your life, that seeping wound that's never been healed before, that bitterness that's in deep inside you. This is the place to come. Mirror, mirror, show me me so that I can be healed, so that I can be restored, so that I can be changed, so that I can be transformed into everything that I ought to be. If you need to be healed, this is the place that God's here for. You're here for that. If you need to be reminded of a dream, of a mission, and a ministry that God has put into you, today is your day. 